Hi everyone, just want to say a massive thank you for choosing to listen to my little show called Spill It. Spill It is filmed live every Wednesday at 7pm via Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Viewers can interact with the show by leaving comments. For more details of Spill It, head over to the Facebook hub at www.facebook.com forward slash spilling it. So however you're listening to this, make sure you sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to another episode of Spill It. My name is Marcus. I will be your host for the evening because you don't have another host. You just have me. It'd be good to actually have another host at some point. Maybe give you guys a bit of a break from me. But here you go. Here is me in all of my glory. Here is Spill It, a show where I get to talk about uh, extraordinary things from ordinary people. Or is it the other way around? A show where I get to talk to ordinary people who do extraordinary things. There we go. That sounds better, doesn't it? And so we we have a a great show coming up for you today. This is a show where we get to connect the world together. We get to inspire each other and we all get to learn. So what does that mean for you? Well, firstly, I'm connecting to you. (laughs) Hopefully my guest is going to inspire you. And we will all learn. I'm going to be learning. You're going to be learning. My guest is going to be learning. This is going to be a great episode. So welcome to Spill It. As I say, there are three pillars that I stand by. And every single episode should follow these three pillars. The first one is to connect. The second one is to inspire. And the third one is to learn. That is what Spill It is all about. So What we are going to talk about right now is that it's time to be happy. The reason I'm just quickly looking at my phone is because I completely forgot to type up the time to be happy. So I need to to read it out from my phone. But that's not going to stop me. Here we go. So it's time to be happy. Here is a lovely photo for you. And here is the lovely story to go with it. So uh, a blind mum got to see her adorable unborn baby thanks to a 3D printed ultrasound. Taylor Ellis was born with glaucoma and has very little vision. When she went in for a 20-week scan and was unable to see her baby, she was left in tears. When doctors found out she was upset, they conducted a special ultrasound and made a 3D printout of her unborn daughter's face. 26-year-old Taylor and her husband, Jeremy, who is also visually impaired, received the special scan in the post a week later. They were able to feel the baby's face as a result, and it was a dream come true. Baby Rosalie is now 10 weeks old, and mum of three, Taylor, said the 3D printing technology, most commonly used to make car parts, has been life-changing. That is absolutely phenomenal. I can't genuinely believe that, that... Technology is now at a point where we can 3D print a, an ultrasound scan. That is mental. Like you, so basically, she was um, she wouldn't be able to see. So the 3D scan was there. The 3D printer printed out the ultrasound, and she was able to feel the the baby's face. So obviously, imagine or that will create a picture in her mind about what her baby looked like. <sighs> Honestly, that's just it's so emotional. I, I absolutely love that. Um, it was very, it, yeah, it's a very touching story, I think. And I thought it was definitely something that I wanted to, to share with you guys. So 
Get those comments and questions rolling in, guys, because it means that I can do things like this. Where Bev, his nice support, good evening, Marcus. Good evening, Bev. Hope you're okay. And then Lisa is also popping into the chat and saying hello. Hope you've got a brew, Lisa. Lisa's tuning in. Uh, so we are on episode nine. Episode nine. We're nearly in double digits, guys. We're nearly in double digits. Nearly at episode 10. That, to me, is like absolutely amazing achievement, to be fair. So, you know. Holler at me of episode nine. So episode nine, uh, sports inclusion, a history. So hit that share button. Get this, uh, get this far, get this, get this stream far and wide. There we go. I'll get my words out eventually, guys. Get this, get this episode far and wide. This is going to be a great one. Lawrence joins us at 7.15 p.m. So make sure you are tuning in because Lawrence's story is going to be absolutely epic. I can't wait to hear it as well. But, but, oh, hang on, here we go. Nathan's joining from last week. Hi, Nathan, hope you're all right. So, uh, Reese, Reese has popped in as well. So Reese is saying, looking forward to being on this. Shh, that's a secret, Reese. We've not told anybody yet. But Reese is going to be uh, coming onto the show in a few weeks, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, it's going to be an episode that's going to bring out quite a bit of an emotional side to me. You guys don't get to see the emotion. You guys just get to see the craziness. Um, but yeah, you, you'll get to see the emotion that is within me on that episode. It's going to be really, really good. I can't wait to have Reese on the show as well. Uh, Andrea Alti is giving a little bit of a wave. Hi, Andrea. Hope you're okay. And Lisa's going a whoop, a whoop, whoop, because we're nearly on episode 10, guys. Nearly on episode 10. I'm so happy about this. I hope you're happy to share this moment with me too. And um, so... It's our section, guys. It's our section. It's my new favourite section to talk about. It's weather time, ladies and gentlemen. Feeling hot, hot, hot. How are you feeling? Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Uh, what is the weather like where you are? Let's spend bit, let's spend five minutes talking about what the weather is like where you are. So for me, I'm in is it Teesside? Yes, it's Teesside, uh, near Newcastle slash Middlesbrough. Um so I'm northeast. Hang on, mirrored. There we go. I'm northeast-ish. Imagine, imagine that we've got like the UK here. This is me over here. I am northeast-ish. And what is the weather like where I am? Let's have a look. Let's pull back this curtain. Oh, it's all right, actually. Bit of blue sky out there. Not many clouds. You know what? I'm feeling this weather today. I'm feeling it. This is good weather. This is good weather. Where is what? Where is the weather? No. What is the weather like where you are? Leave a comment telling me where you are and what the weather's like. Do you either got... It's nice. It's nice. Or... It's a bit shit. <laughs> There's only two bits of weather that we care about. It's either really, really good or it's a bit shit. Let me know. Let me know. Lisa, it's meh. Lisa, where are you Where are you messaging from? Tell me where in the UK you're messaging from and where in the UK is it a bit meh? Uh, Bev is saying the evening sun is shining in forward. Forward is in Preston, ladies and gentlemen. So in Preston has got a lovely evening sun shining. That's cool. Um, I, I like the fact that as soon as I leave Preston, it's uh, it starts sun it starts being sunny again. That's a uh, that's disappointing, guys. Thanks for bringing it in. <laughs> Nathan has got blue skies in Lancaster. 
Loving that. Blue skies in Lancaster. I miss having blue skies. I mean, I've got a little bit of blue sky over in Teesside. Uh, we've got Andrea is nice in Chorley. Finally. <laughs> Do you know what? I feel you. I absolutely feel you. I'm not a fan. I am not a fan of all this rain. Do you know what? It's been so long since we've had like massive downpours of rain like we've just had. I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm not here for it. It's not the. It's not the thing. Let's let's not let's not let's not let's not live in that darkness place now, guys. Leo Bryan, it's nice. Good, cool. Leo Bryan, uh, I know that you live in Preston, so there you go. But drop a comment. Just say, guys, it's nice in Preston. <laughs> uh, Lisa is watching from Grantham. Grantham. Now I'm trying to think where Grantham is. We should know, guys, that geography for me, no-go area. No-go area. Give me maths. Give me English. Don't give me too much maths. Give me maths. Give me English. Give me drama. Give me dance. Um, I'll nail it. Give me geography. No. It's a no-go area. Grantham, um, I think, if I'm right, it's down south somewhere. <laughs> it's down south somewhere. So. Down yonder. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. Uh, Nic uh, Nicholas Pyle, Lisa is on a very strange planet. Lisa, you're on a strange planet, apparently. <laughs> Why is that, Nicholas? Um, oh, there you go. Lisa's commented. Lincolnshire. There you go. Beth thought it was in Scotland. It's not. It's uh, Lincolnshire. Jam Richards also uh, popped in as well and said Lincoln. I think Nicholas is saying that you live on a strange planet because Grantham is not a place. I think it's a made-up fairy tale place that you've uh, that you're living in, Lisa. So there you go. Um, I don't know. I'm as bad as you. I mean, Lisa, you live in Grantham. You should know where it is. You can't say. You can't say that you don't know. <laughs> Oh, why is this episode so far, ladies and gentlemen? This is hilarious. Uh, have we got any more watchers anywhere? This is my brew. It's my brew of coffee. You saw what I was like last week with coffee, but that was after two. This is just, I've had half. We're getting there. We're getting to that buzz level. It's going to be good. This episode's going to be good. Uh, we have got Simon watching from Wal Walthamstow. Is that Walthamstow? Walthamstow? <laughs> Blue skies in... Walthamstow. I'm going to say that. I have no idea where that is, Simon. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> no idea. You might need to help me out with that one. I don't know. Um, but it's nice. It's got blue skies, apparently. So there you go. Um, thanks for sharing that with that, Simon. Uh, he's not. He's my uncle. Oh, there you go. So she's my she's my niece and dad whipped it out before. <laughs> Let's pull that comment away, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. London. Thank you, Jan. So, Walthamstow is London. I know where London is. <laughs> That's way down there. That's an awful drive to London, ladies and gentlemen. I will tell you that much. Um, Simon, in East London, home of the band East 17. Oh, I had an East 17 song popped into my head there, and he's completely gone. First person to give me an E17 song or a number one hit from the E17 wins a smile from me. <laughs> That's what you get, ladies and gentlemen. You win a lovely smile. 
you might win points though because this week uh we have got our competition time coming up and uh, we have got a new competition starting specifically for this week so you can win yourself some spillet merchandise so oh hang on there we go the comments are rolling in bev says stay lisa stay lisa stay oh she's actually she actually she actually says CA. Uh, she doesn't say stay. She says CA. Um, stay. Is it, is it on? Stay now. Stay now. Baby, you don't have to go away. <laughs> yes, it's that one. I love that song. Do you know what? That is going on my Spotify. Perfect. Uh, stay was on Vodafone Radio every Christmas. Oh, my gosh, it was. Stay now. Stay now. There was a song, actually. I can't wait to do my Christmas episode, by the way, guys. Just so you know. But there was an episode. There was a. There was a song. I can't. It will come back to me at some point. And there was a song a couple of years ago at Vodafone because I used to work at Vodafone, and they had it on every two songs or something. It would come back to that same one, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, help me! Somebody take me from this." It was awful. It was awful. I think it was a good song for some reason. I think it's. I think. In my head, it's something to do with Westlife, but I could be wrong. I'm going to find out. There you go. But Leo Bryan, uh, Leo Bryan says that uh, his um, his that stay by E17 with his first CD. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, I can't remember what, what was my first CD. My first CD, I know exactly which one it was. Actually, my first CD was Scatman. <laughs> Scatman, I'm a Scatman. That one, that was my very, very first CD. Oh. <laughs> uh, Bev wants to know if she can be Santa's little helper. Bev, you can, Koshkan, Koshkan. I need all of Santa's helpers, um, socially distant, of course, <laughs> for now. Hopefully, by then, hopefully, hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be all right by then. Right, so. Uh, oh god guys keep these comments coming in though i'm having the time of my life time of my life can't wait to do it. do you know what let's do a karaoke night one night let's do a karaoke by spill it perfect we'll spill all our drinks everywhere because we'll be that level of uh <laughs> i don't want to say it drunkness sonic will say it <laughs> it's my show say what i want uh right so Let's move on to our last section before we welcome uh, Lawrence on because I have talked your ears off, ladies and gentlemen. It is our competition time. That's right, it's competition time where you can win yourself some spillet merchandise. I have got t shirts up for grabs, I've got uh, different logos as well. You can choose the logo here which is really, really tiny, but you can choose that logo on your T-shirt here. You don't even have to have it all the way on your chest. You could have it on your little breast bit here. You could have it on the back, wherever you wanted to. You can have uh, T-shirts. I've got vests. I've got tote bags. There's, there's loads of different things that you can get. So all you have to do is answer this question. So at some point during this show, my guest will reveal the answer to this question. You have to pay attention. You have to listen closely. And as soon as you have heard the answer, drop a comment with the answer. Before you do that, make sure you've shared. 
<laughs> Make sure you've shared. Once you've shared, you'll be able to drop a comment as soon as you've heard the answer. That will put you in the draw, and the draw will be, well, the winner will be announced on next week's show. So, what is the question, the, uh, everybody? What is the question, Marcus? Well, let me tell you what the question is. What was the first, the first inclusive rugby team that Lawrence founded? I'll repeat that. What was the first inclusive rugby team that Lawrence founded? Oh, oh. I'll remind you of it later on, guys, um, because, you know, I don't need to forget the question. And if Lawrence does mention it, I might just quickly pop it onto screen, see who's paying attention, who's actually watching, who's listening. Well, don't forget to ask any questions, guys, because we're going to welcome Lawrence on the show. Hi, Lawrence. Ooh. How are you? I'm well, you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, the coffee is hitting the system, as you might be able to tell. You've been sat in the green room for a bit. I said green room. I've been saying, I've been saying green screen for like all day, and this is the first time I've said green room. You've been sat in the green room watching me, so you can actually hear and see the uh, the coffee taking taking effect. <laughs> I was very impressed, by the way. Many years ago, I was in the green room at Pinewood Studios. And it actually green. Oh, really? Yes. Well, this is virtual, so I can't paint a green room for you. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll find some form of software that'll do it for me, where you know it'll put you, it'll just paint you green, maybe. Yeah. By the really pedantic E17 song was called "Stay Another Day, Not Stay." There we go. Let me right. Just just because just to rub it in <laughs> to everybody. Stay another day. <laughs> stay another day. There we go. Stay now. Stay now. Do you know what I think? I think for Christmas I'm probably gonna do like karaoke. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna get involved with that? I don't do karaoke. Neither do I. I can't sing, as everybody's just witnessed. I can't sing for topic. Stay was the Shakespeare sister song. Okay. That the Eurythmics wrote for Shakespeare's sister. All right. <laughs> there you go. I like to talk about sports inclusion, but music trivia. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I know who to, I know who to uh, who my uh, former friend will be if I ever make it on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So, are you ready for your uh, your Grilling. I am. <laughs> cool. Let's get started then. Here is your big question, Lawrence. Who is Lawrence? Oh, that's a good that's a good one. So um I am years old. Um I'm just about to the point that I can still say mid forties. I can get away with mid forties. Um I just so I normally just go, I'm so, uh, I'm Whatever age, it doesn't. Age is just a number. It doesn't matter. You from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So originally from the outskirts of Manchester. Um, I was going to say I tend to vary exactly where I say I came from, depending on where's funniest in the sentence I'm using at the time. <laughs> um, had a bit of a twisty turny life. Um, ended up now been in Preston for a while. Um. Getting um, and I seem to have become the go-to person for inclusive sports. 
And why why is that? Why is why have why have you been the go to person for inclusive sports? So it's been a funny ride. Um, ironically, I was there right at the start um, in the north of England when it all got going. I mean, I'll get to this when I get onto the history bit. And it's kind of gone from being somebody who just turns up and joins in to a bit more volunteering, being a bit more vocal. And you know, I've just recently become the Europe trustee for International Gay Rugby. Wow. Um, which, if you'd asked me five years ago, I would never in a million years have said um, that's something I'd be expecting to be doing. So that's what I do. Um it's all volunteering, uh, all about trying to get more LGBT people playing sports. Obviously, my, my focus is on rugby, but um, I have a big, you know, it's a big thing that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of LGBT, myself included, in fact, I imagine a lot of listeners had a pretty rubbish time in sports at school. Yes. It was pretty rubbish. Um, and it's a big thing of mine trying to get past that, you know, trying mm -hmm. to get people so it's something they can enjoy and something they can do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, trying to branch out a bit, you know, there's kind of the old, you know, cliche, oh, you're an LGBT person, not to do sports, go and do roller derby. <laughs> you know, the cliche. I, I remember being in school and uh, football was never, never for me. And I'll tell you my... <laughs> I'll tell you my my turning point for, for football. I remember being in primary school, and I used to play football quite a bit because my, my older brother used to play. And so I, we used to play uh, quite a lot. And my turning point was I was at uh, – it was break time at primary school. I'd gone out to the, um, to the yard, started playing football, and I joined a match halfway through. I say a match, obviously. We were like 10. Um, yeah. And I scored an own goal because I didn't know where I was shooting. So I scored an own goal and <laughs> everybody was like, oh, my God, Marcus, you're rubbish. Um, and it, I never played football ever since. I was just like, no, it's a rubbish sport. No, I'm never playing it again. But rugby was one that I actually got into when I went to high school. I think I had a lot of aggression when I was at high school and I, and I liked running. Um, so I just I, – I enjoyed the rugby side of things. But because – of the people and the lads and obviously the, you know, the, the mentality and all that lot, they just brought me down to a point where I was just like, soft sports, essentially. Well, I, I, I was talking about this with a friend of a while ago that I don't, I mean, I imagine it's improved a lot nowadays, but when I was at school, sports teaching was you were put on a field in the rain on the outskirts, you know, um, a ball was thrown, you were put into teams and you were expected to play. Yeah. And if you didn't have a clue what you were doing, tough. Yeah. Just stand there looking confused. <laughs> um, you know, and um, I think it's, it's, I think there's generally that happens a lot with people trying to get into sports these days. If you decide, I really want to try such and such a sport, and a lot of, team, a lot of clubs, you know, whatever the sport, I'll say, yeah, come along, give it a go. But if you've never done it before and don't have a clue what you're doing, they do struggle. And I think it's really sad. Yeah. I think it's really sad. And that's a bit of 
kind of where I've come from with this about, you know, um, wanting to get people who never had that, you know, positive sporting experience yeah. out of the pitch, having fun, keeping fit, meeting people. Mm-hmm. So what, what was, the, so obviously you, you had that experience obviously growing up yeah. and yeah. Uh, what was the turning point for you? What was the what was the point that you thought, you know what, something needs to change? Yeah. Well, if you think, kind of, you know, I was, you know, around, you know, early to mid-90s. And back then, you know, people would say, oh, it's modern times. But actually, if you compare then to now, um, you know, you had, you know, um, um, uh, what's his, uh, Fanshawe, you know, the LGBT mm-hmm. football who came out was absolutely hounded out of the yes. game and ended up yeah. suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even his brother offered him money not to come out was one thing that came out later. Yeah. Uh, I remember, you know, again, I remember in the very early 90s when the Spartans first got going in Manchester, they wanted to hire some equipment off another club and the other club refused to let them hire the equipment and the exact words were, well, when we get it back, we might catch AIDS. Um, so I, I mean, so I decided, what, 99, when the Spartans were absolutely first starting, you know what, I'm going to go along and give this a go. I'm going to go along and have a go. Um, went along for quite a while, um, really enjoyed it. Then on my way to their very first game, August 99, um, I fell down the stairs at Oxford Road train station. Okay. On the way to the game. Oh no! And broke my ankle. <laughs> um, and you know, I kept an interest. You know, it's something I knew a lot of people who did. Um, but I kept an interest, and I kept a kind of passive support. Uh, thought, but you know, anything you've had an act, even though it wasn't on the pitch. You think that nah, I'm not going to go back again. That's it for me. Um. He, um, anyway, then 2012, so Bingham Cup was in Manchester in 2012. Um, uh, Bingham Cup being, the background is, Mark Bingham was one of the passengers on Flight 97 on the September the 11th attacks. Oh, wow. Passengers who tried to retake the plane, the one, the plane before it reached its target. Yeah, yeah. He was one at so Mark Bingham, and he played for San Francisco Fog, the inclusive rugby team in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so the year after, San Francisco Fog, you know, there were hardly any inclusive clubs around at the time. You know, you could have counted them on one hand. Messaged yeah. them all, there were about eight of them, and said, hey, why don't you all come to San Francisco? We'll do a little tournament in his memory. Oh, that's a good idea. They all said, everybody went. Then they went, should we do it again in two years' time? I go on them, but let's do it somewhere different. Right, let's have a bit of a bidding process for who has it next. And it came over here. It's now the biggest amateur rugby tournament in the world. And that's the Bingham Cup, is it? That's the Bingham Cup. Um, that's a shot from Nashville, when it was in Nashville wow. in 2016. I'm there with the cow print socks. <laughs> Number 11 with the back to the camera. So I went, uh, I was actually between clubs at the time. So I ended up playing for the St. Louis Crusaders. Okay. 
And that was our final game against the Chicago Dragons. Um, uh, we finished absolute bottom in the whole tournament. Five losses and one draw. <laughs> apparently we were the only draw ever in Bingham. No game ever won <laughs> before. Um, yeah. So we went and we had an absolute whale of a time. But that game against the Chicago Dragons was absolutely hilarious because um, Americans play a very different, you know, rugby's play, rugby is rugby. But tactically, American teams play it very differently than European teams. Okay. And I did something that was absolute, you know, bog standard Europe play. Yes, Simon, I know. I know, Simon. Uh, <laughs> So I went and played, uh, I did what would be an absolutely standard move over here. None of the Americans expected it, so I pulled it off, which would probably be the first time I'd ever pulled it off and I've never done since. And everyone just stood around looking confused. And Jeffrey <laughs> ended up shouting what to do at the both teams. <laughs> uh, so that was an experience. That was when it was in... Um, Nashville. The, la last time, 2019, it was in Amsterdam when I went with one of the two clubs I ended up founding. And then uh, it was going to be this year in in Ottawa, in Canada. So Simon's uh, comment saying say, <laughs> saying that Saint <laughs> Louis is in the States. That was aimed at me because I have no clue. So I would, I would just be saying, going, mm, yeah, I have no idea what that is. But there you go. Thank you, Simon, for yeah. clarifying. <laughs> I feel so dumb. Uh, so we, uh, it was going to be in um, Ottawa in Canada this year. Obviously, with COVID, it's not happening. So we get a rollover yeah. in two years' time. We get a rollover in two years' time. We're heading over to um, heading over to Canada then, um, and it's all. It is one of the most amazing sporting experiences. There really is nothing like it. Seventy odd teams. Um, you know, there's eighty four inclusive clubs in the world now. That's more now. There's eighty six. There's another two since then. Wow. It's 80s and there's more on the way um you know so many people now who would never never want never feel they could play rugby playing it and um you know it's not just lgbt people we have turning out on the pitch there's we um it attracts a lot of people who for whatever reason think they couldn't cope in kind of a regular mainstream rugby club you know you get yeah. a lot of people clubs who are somewhere on the autistic spectrum mm -hmm. who are amazing rugby players but kind of all the social stuff that comes around it would just be a bit too much for yeah so they go to their local inclusive clubs um england is very much the hub for it we've got um about a quarter of all the teams in the world are based in england all the inclusive teams then you've got america then the rest are kind of scattered scattered so around the world so what made you want to start one? So obviously you, so I'm, so I'm assuming that the first one you was playing for, is that right? Yeah. I played for and the then... time in Manchester. Um, okay. So I went back in 2012. 
Now, when I went back in 2012, I actually wasn't planning to go back. A friend of mine called Tony was going to go. And he rang me and said, oh, I want to go, but I don't want to be the only new person on the day I turn up. Will you come with me? And I'm like, I okay. don't really want to. He goes, go on, come with me. You only need to come once, and then I'm not, you know, the, first, the only new person. He never turned up. Okay. He never turned up. So, um, and that got me back into playing. So that was 2012. Um, 2016, um, I was pretty much planning on, you know what? I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm in my 40s now. Um, I'm in my 40s now. I think it's time to call it a day. Bingham right. Cup. Yeah, I'll do a Bingham, go to America, play in a Bingham, go home. That's it. So anyway, I get back and me and my friend John get talking and he's uh, been made aware of some money that's available um, from the RFU and a bit from the council about starting up um, an inclusive club in Liverpool. Okay. So, so me and John get talking. It's like, should we do this? Should we do this and get a, get another team up and running? Oh, I think, oh, I don't know. Oh, go on then. Let's give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? It's not our money. You know, it's a grant. What is the worst <laughs> that can go wrong? So we started. So a little Facebook page got created that was just called Liverpool Inclusive Rugby, the, the page. We started doing posts. We started talking about, you know, hey, what should we call ourselves? What should we have for our kit? Right up until so the... Um, the flyers for us, so we're going to go to Liverpool Pride, which is July every year. So July 16, we're okay. going to go to Liverpool Pride. Liverpool Pride, some of the Spartans said they'd come with us. They lent us some kits so we could all march in rugby kit. We'll march, Liverpool Pride, hand out flyers. Brilliant, right? When do we need to order the flyers? Right, we need to order the flyers by 8pm on such and such a day. Fantastic. So we'd come up with all sorts of names, the Mersey Mammoths, um, all sorts. Mersey Mammoths is the one that sticks in my mind. But there were all sorts that were... Um, I quite like the Mersey ma uh, ma Mammoths. What? Mammoths. I quite like yeah. that. But we end up not doing that because the King's Cross Steelers Vets team are called the Steelers Mammoths. Ah, okay. Aiken. <clears throat> so anyway, so... Right, anyway, so me and John are talking, and he goes, have you noticed how there's a merman on the side of uh, Liverpool Town Hall? Let's call ourselves the Liverpool Mermen. <laughs> yeah, do that. <laughs> That'll do us. Fly so, like I say, had to go 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, they had to go to the printers. At 7 o'clock, John messages me and goes, you know what, I think Liverpool Mermen's a bit camp. <laughs> Let's do something else instead. What's like a merman? What's like a merman? But doesn't sound as camp. I turned around and pulled off my bookshelf the Dungeons and Dragons Monster Manual. Right, okay. <laughs> a list of everything in the same category as merman. One of which was Triton. And we went, that sounds great. And the Liverpool Tritons was chosen as a name. So, so you, you first, so you, you called <laughs> the first one the Liverpool Tritons. Yes. Wow. Okay. So how? So what happened after that? So you you created the Liverpool Tritons. Yep. You've been to the Liverpool Pride. 
Yeah. Almost, or you go going to Liverpool Pride, sorry. Went to Liverpool Pride, marched in Pride, um, got a huge list of people who said, hey, that's great, let's come along. About 10 turned up to the first training session. Hi, Chris. About 10 turned up to the first training session. Um, kind of went from there. Anyway, now Simon, who's been commenting, me and Simon got talking afterwards um, online, and he said, why don't you start a Preston team? And I went, nah, I can't be bothered starting a Preston team. <laughs> uh, and he goes, if you do it, um, I'll buy you a load of chocolate. And I was like, yeah, no. I go, anyway, what would I call it? And he goes, let's call it the Preston Pugs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that all it took was like, I'll buy you a bag of chocolate. And yeah. you're like, yeah, winner. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, um, Go and do it, and we'll call it the Preston Pugs. And I was like, no, that is a rubbish name. <laughs> anyway, so um, I was playing for, I was going down to Liverpool to play for the Tritons from Preston. And I don't know if you remember, a couple of years ago, there was a month where they closed the line between Preston and Liverpool because they used to get the train down. Right. So in that month, obviously, I couldn't go down. Um, so anyway, there was a bit of an advert that came out for um, they were doing a turn up and play, a turn up and play over um, over forties night only at rug for rugby at Preston Grasshoppers. So I thought oh, I'll go and do that just so I'm doing something. You know, all my age, it'll be a laugh. So I go down and only three people turned up. So I get talking to the coach, and I and we get on to it. Do you know what? I reckon you can start an inclusive club in Preston. And that is honestly where we started. So um, wow. the Lancashire Rugby gave us a bit of money to help out at the start. Uh-huh. Provided us with a coach who is absolutely what absolutely amazing. Um, gave us some equipment. And off we went. And again, it's we um we were sat in the bar one day, me, the coach, and a couple of other people were like, we need a name. We need a name. Um, we need a name. And um, we um, we were coming out with all sorts. Um, on the list were the Lancashire Warlocks. There were the... Um, I wanted Lancashire Lightning, but apparently that's already taken by a women's cricket team. Um, we had the Preston Guildsmen, the Lancashire Brigands, all sorts. And we were getting none of these are right. None of these are right. And as we're doing it, a test flight goes overhead from Wharton, from the British Aerospace Factory. <laughs> right, okay. There we go. How about typhoons? Love and that it. is where that came from. That is brilliant. I love it. Yeah, it really is. Every club name really has a, you know, a, a bizarre origin story to where it's come from. <laughs> so what? So are you now running two, or have it? So I stopped do having, but I stopped having much active involvement with the Tritons two years ago down in Liverpool. Um, okay. I passed it over to, to, to all their new blood. 
Um, the last thing I did was then I ordered, I organised that squad for Bingham Cup. That was the last thing I did. Um, and then um, I've stepped down from most of my day-to-day running at the Typhoons up in Preston, um, simply because I don't have. Now I'm doing the Europe trustee for IGR. I just don't have time to do day-to-day. <coughs> day-to-day running. Um People keep joking with me that um, I'm going to get bored eventually and found another new club. Um, me and John, who did Liverpool together, we um, we have this kind of competitive edge between us that we want one of us to end up founding more clubs than the other because he found he moved to Australia and has founded a club down there now. So we have a bit okay. of a competitive edge. Um, but especially now, obviously, at... Now I'm doing this stuff with... Now I'm the Europe trustee for IGR. Um, the transgender rugby campaign takes up so much time at the moment. Um, so what's going on with that is um, a couple of months... About a month ago, um, an article appeared in The Guardian that World Rugby was... Um, World Rugby is consulting on banning transgender women from playing rugby. Right. Um, it, and and it, what reasons? What reasons that? I don't understand that. They're saying safety of the cis women who are playing. Right. Okay. So they did a consultation back in February, um, and then they've written this policy on the back of that. Uh, and obviously, other uh, IGR, we think this is absolutely terrible. Um, so we immediately had to kick into full gear, running a campaign against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it leaking to the Guardian, um, not wanting to cast aspersions, but within the Guardian article was published, and four minutes later, Fair Play for Women, the anti transgender organization, was right. tweeting it almost as if they knew it was going to appear in the Guardian, the article. Okay. Um, so a massive campaign has kicked up against that um, that's being coordinated by IGR. Um, we're kind of working on all kinds of levels, trying you know, social media level, because you know it is terrible, but a lot of I think we all know Twitter especially um, is absolutely dominated by a kind of very strong anti-transgender voice. Mm. Um, uh, so we're working kind of on the social media level, working with clubs, working with national unions, and work trying to get World Rugby to change their mind about implementing this policy. Yeah. Um, so against everything we believe in. You know, we believe everybody should be able to play rugby in an appropriate way. Yeah. And for you know, a suggested policy to come out to say, I'm sorry, transgender women can't play anymore. Is absolutely terrible, and so yeah, we are very campaigning against I'm, it. I'm trying to get my head around that really because, like, with the, obviously within like a workplace environment or whatnot, or whatnot, like you can't discriminate. I don't, I don't understand. I, I genuinely don't understand because you can't discriminate, and yeah. I, I it, obviously they're in, like in their head they're thinking, oh well, you know, <laughs> these right. These women, because that's who they are. The you know these they are women. Do you know what I mean that these women are are going to be um, a lot a lot stronger than our our yeah. um, cis women? It's yeah. not it's not the case. 
is so completely backwards. A single study done in Sweden on calf strength, on the strength of calf muscles. So this one muscle, this one study, that's literally what it's on the back of. A single study in Sweden on the strength of calf muscles. That is ridiculous. Absolutely but sport, ridiculous. But in sport nowadays, pretty much across the board in sport, the rule is if you've been on test, if you've been on uh, testosterone, suppre te uh, blah, 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 testosterone suppression for twelve months, you play as you know you play as a woman, mm -hmm. and that is pretty much across sport. But World Rugby have decided they want to do different. And as you can imagine, it's brought some of the most dreadful people in the world out of the woodwork. Yeah. You know, a lot of the real active anti-transgender voices yeah. are saying, well, this is wonderful. Um, but hopefully we're going to win the campaign and convince World Rugby to change their mind. So what 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 are we what what do we need to do? So obviously, um Obviously, with the with the wider with the with the wider audience of Spilly, for people watching at home, um, for people who want to get on board with this campaign, what can we do? What what where do we go with this? So it's at the point now where it's largely at, we are largely now at the point now where we unfortunately we're almost edging into the wait and see level. Right. But I want to say is show us love on social media. Um, Look for International Gay Rugby, which is our organisation. Um, retweet, you know, retweet, share. If you know, if you are involved in rugby, not or any sport, not just through inclusive rugby, but also through you know local community teams. Ask mm -hmm. your team to show support because this is what this is how we will win this. Is if especially women's teams, if women's teams, but it ultimately boils down to a load of men who work at World Rugby have gone. We need to protect women. And if it's always the women, men that's the problem, isn't it? It's always men. And if, yeah, and if the women who play rugby say, "Well, actually, we're absolutely fine to play with transgender women," which most women in the rugby community are now saying, the more people who say, the more. Um, Uh, there we go. Oh, I think you're back. There we go. <laughs> so the more women, especially, um, yeah, more women who come out and say, "Well, actually, we are absolutely fine playing rugby with transgender women." Yeah, uh, is and that going to be amazing? Um, but it really is. We're at the point now where you know all submissions have gone in, all the you know formal feedback, mm -hmm. but. Let's not for a minute not think World Rugby are not looking at the you know what gets said on social media, what gets said, you know, the spectator, you know, the, the yeah. newspaper published an article saying it was in favour of the ban this morning. That's so crazy. Do not, yeah. So do not, you know, do not for a minute they'll think that the social media coverage is not being watched. So um keep that up because hey, if the narrative is a case of Yeah. I'll say if the narrative Go on. <laughs> if the narrative is controlled by the anti-transgender activists, yeah, it's really hard to get our message across. Whereas, mm -hmm. uh, if decent people are saying, actually, 
you know, it's much easier to keep the narrative on our side. Yeah, I suppose uh, it's all to do with the education side of things as well. So not only are we like educating people who, um, you know, just as, as a standard conversation, because, you know, you know, people... People in the community, people that I know, for instance, would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, definitely behind that, whatever. But I think what we need to also do as well is that for those people who show resistance, we need to educate them. We need to find out why they are resistant and then educate them and bring them over to our side. So then actually they come to that realisation that actually it's not as bad as I thought. Like they're the people, they're the people, you know, it's great to have the many, the many people that will all be all like, yeah, you know what, we're there for you, we're behind you, we're behind you and all that lot. But it's the loudest voices are the negative ones. So exactly. that's what we need to do. And the negative voices are being very, very good at pushing the same three or four points. Uh, you know, it's the same quotes, the same pictures. So there's a picture from a rugby match of um, an absolutely huge transgender woman tackling a smaller cisgender woman. But that yeah. is no different than what you get in any other rugby game. You know, I'm just larger than average weight-wise and, what, five foot nine tall. I, just before Christmas last year, got tackled by a guy who, a lot like me, like a lot of guys who play for inclusive teams, I also play for a regular community team as well. Um, a guy who plays for Tampons also plays for a different regular community. As it happens, we were on opposite sides of the game. And I tackled him and he must be six foot seven, six foot eight, uh, power lifter, absolutely huge. So that's, you know, it's no difference, the size difference in that photo than that. It's, it it's not like, that. it's not like on the pitch, you're going to run up to each other and suddenly it turns into a boxing ring. And, you that know, you, 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 yeah, it, it's completely, it baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> A huge amount of rugby training is all about how to tackle or be tackled by somebody who's a massively different size than you. Mm. Um, and um, so that's the one thing that the anti-activist, and it's the same picture, the same picture over and over again. Another picture is of a trans woman who, sorry, another quote is from a transgender woman in Wales who's talking after a match about a tackle she made and said, yeah, I, fo I folded her like a deck chair. But again, I hate to say it, anyone who's played rugby and done an amazing tackle will say something funny, will describe it in a funny way. Yeah. I, there's a picture of me from a game uh, where I'm getting tackled and the guy who tackled me commented on it saying, that's the moment I knocked the soul out of your body. <laughs> you know, anyone... But then obviously... In this kind of a situation, that would then get misconstrued and suddenly the media yeah. jump onto it and, and other people, then, you know, all those people that just want to say something negative for the sake of saying something negative, they're the ones that will take that statement and go, oh, well, actually, blah, 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 blah. And ugh, people wind me up. And then the third one they, they just constantly using over and over again is a quote from this study in Sweden. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and like I say, it's so we are really actively pushing against this. And every community club that speaks out against it is great for us. Every single person who speaks out against it is great for us because it stops the anti-activists controlling the narrative. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, well, 
we're at that point of the show. Is there is there anything that you have not had chance to cover that you would like to get out now? I mean, if you've managed yeah. to talk about everything, perfectly fine. I, Sorry? I would say I'm really impressed with myself. Normally, I have about four or five anecdotes that I just do round and round and round, and I've actually not done a single one of them today. So well done. <laughs> Um, obviously, I will always do the point. If anyone, especially in Preston or Lancashire, wants to give rugby a try, um, come along, Typhoons. We train on a Thursday and a Friday night. Uh, Upper Preston Grasshoppers, get in touch with us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Record messages in droids and shoot them out in escape pods. Whatever is the best <laughs> way to get in touch. Um, Whatever is the best way to get in touch, and please come along. And if you're not local to us, um, there's 22 other teams scattered around England, four in Scotland, two in Wales, two in Ireland. Send us a message. We will introduce you quite happily to your nearest club. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, right, right then. So at the end of every episode, I give my... Uh, my guests the opportunity to say a quote, uh, something that they might live by, something that they um, believe in, maybe something that they have heard or made up themselves or whatever. What would be the quote that you would want people to take away from today? I would very much say that sport's for everyone. It really is. Um, it's something, you know, like I said, I've cut sports for all. That's the one. That's the, um, that's the one. Because genuinely, you know, so many people I know had a rubbish time with sports at school. They really, yeah. really did. And don't let that put you off. Getting out on a pitch, getting out on a field, in a gym, you know, in a sports hall, whatever. It, and there is a sport for everyone. You know, rugby has a, you know, rugby is a sport for everybody. It really is, especially, you know. How many other games would you see where you get a tiny little scrum half and a seven-foot prop playing against each other? <laughs> you know, how many other sports would you see that? You know, that's rugby. But there are so many sports, and there is a sport that anyone can enjoy. Yeah. And even if, you know, you feel, you know, you know, so like rugby has touch rugby. If you know you want to play it, but you don't want to actually get hit, play touch rugby, or you know tag rugby, walking rugby for the over fifties. Um, wow, I didn't even know all those existed. There's a great one called Masters Rugby. Um, it runs using rugby league rules rather than rugby union. Near places Blackpool, where the colour of your shorts is coded for how hard you can safely be hit. Wow. Okay popular with older people so, so when it comes sorry carry on so you wear shorts that are color coded for how hard you can be hit safely that is yeah that is great um when it comes to the typhoons um yeah. or any other of the like inclusive teams that you know of or whatever what about if somebody wants to get into rugby and but they've never played it before is that something that you guys would be wanting to Still want them to get involved with, or or what? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, coaching people who've never touched a ball in their life is something that pretty much every inclusive club knows how to do. 
Some have a set night. You know, they say, if you're completely new, come through first session on such and such a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's, obviously it's easier to coach if everyone who's new turns up at once. Because, you know, they can go in a group together and help each other. Um, yeah. Some clubs, have that. some clubs just say, just come along and join in on whatever night. Yeah. And, uh, but again, just get in touch with your local team. And they will... Um, they will set you up. Yeah, we have touch. Thanks, Nathan. So touch is rugby without the, without violence. Um, it's you. Um, you know, uh, basically, if you're touched by an opposition player, you put the ball on the ground and you step over it. Wow. Yeah. So, so the, the, the truly the truly is then rugby for absolutely everybody. <laughs> and obviously, as you as you said, what uh, really early on as well that. It, there is something for absolutely everybody, and this is and is about getting people back into sports, and especially with the LGBT uh, community as well. Where you know some people may have fallen out. I mean, me myself, you know, I'm a prime example of it. I fell out of love with rugby and with football because of how other people made me feel, and it's got to a point further on down the line where now I'm like, well, I I, I don't really I don't really care. I'd rather do something else. Because I fell out of love with it. And if there are people out there who want to re refine that love or even just try something that it get, you know is perfect for their health uh, health and well-being. I mean, we had Nathan on last week and he was talking about you know mental health and, and how the you know how the team has helped him. So if anybody's wanting to get involved like that, definitely reach out to your nearest team. And if obviously in, in the Preston area, reach out to the typhoons. I think it'd be yeah. You know, an opportunity that shouldn't go amiss, really. Yeah, you know, like I said, they're all, you know, up to, you've got, you know, we've got the Ravens up in Newcastle, uh, the Wasps down in Cork, down in Devon. Absolutely loads of us scattered all around England. Uh, like I say, four clubs in Scotland, two in Ireland, two in Wales. Bro. And um, then found a club, let, us, let me know and I will put you in touch with the right people. <laughs> there you go, guys. You could be, You could be doing your own club. If you yeah. if you haven't got one near you, make one yourself. There you go. Yeah. That's a bit of inspiration for, for everybody at home as well. Yeah. Um, right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And you never know, you might get a bit of a message from me asking if you know I might come in, come along for for a day and just see how it all. Train on a Thursday night or a Friday. There you go. There you go. Um, I might even just come down and just try and uh, do a, a live episode of Spill It, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, well, there's there's all sorts, there's all sorts of stuff, but you never know. I might actually gain yeah. so You might see me roughing it out in the uh, in the good old rugby field. But there you go. Yeah. Simon yeah. says final comment. Uh, reading out from Simon, uh, you'll make friends for life in my club, the Kings Cross Steelers. Yeah. Uh, the very first inclusive club club down in London. Wow. Very first five guys met in a pub near King's Cross and came up with the idea back in the mid nineties. That is crazy, absolutely yeah. crazy. And yeah. um, <laughs> Tina's Tina's jumping in. Go for it, Marcus. Tina, I do far too much in my life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but there you go. Uh, Show sure, Mar- uh, Marcus Friday night lights. Oh, see what have I taught myself into now. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Sure, we'll see, guys. We'll see. We'll get him down. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that does take us to the end of the episode, guys. Thank you so much, Lawrence, for coming on and sharing your story. 
Um, I'll get some links from you and we'll post them out as well to everybody so everybody can see, you know, the, the typhoons um, and we can have a look at the international gay rugby side of things. I can post all them links out so everybody can follow um, follow around, etc. Yeah. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that takes us to the end. Thank you so much for jumping in, uh, leaving your comments, etc. Um, next week's show, I've got a lovely next week's show, actually. Uh, we're going to have La Lightning McQueen. Disney Pixar's Lightning McQueen. I will be doing a guest slot for Lightning McQueen, who goes around and does birthday surprises and everything like that for kids, which is absolutely going to be amazing. Obviously, you know, Lightning McQueen won't be there because Lightning McQueen will be busy doing races and things. But we will have two people who uh, also travel around with Lightning McQueen and do all of these parties for kids. Um, and they've been working all the way through lockdown as well and putting smiles on people's faces as well, which is will be absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, so that's what's coming up on next week's show. Don't forget as well, guys, I'm still after Lockdown Heroes. So if you've got a nomination for somebody... In your community, it doesn't matter where they are in the country. They could be—I don't know. We're not doing—we're not going to do the geography side of things again. But they could be anywhere in the country. If, for instance, that person has helped you through lockdown, through whatever means, whether that be knocking on the door, just checking in on you, uh, leaving you with food hampers. I'd love somebody to have left me a food hamper, uh, but you know, there you go. Uh, but anything at all, if it's your boss, your manager, a friend, a colleague, a teammate, anybody at all. Whoever has helped you and been your lockdown hero, all you have to do is drop me a message with their name and the reason why you are nominating them as a lockdown hero. And I will be presenting my chosen lockdown heroes and giving them a little hamper from me, a thank you hamper with spilling merchandise as well. So all you have to do is just get in touch and let me know. Um, and please like and follow this page, guys, if you have enjoyed today's episode. Um, for more episodes and you can also watch our previous episodes as well don't forget as well i am after your christmassy people i am after christmassy people for our, our december countdown to christmas and um, if you are if you are the biggest christmas fan out there let me know because i would love to schedule it schedule you in for our countdown to christmas specials and that's it ladies and gentlemen so um thank you once again lawrence i hope you've enjoyed being on the show have Good. <laughs> so it's good to hear. Um, and for everybody else at home, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Get in touch if you'd like to come on and do an episode of what you want to do. It's your time to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Come and do it. Um, and I'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.